Yes, yes. Welcome back. It's 2019, and we are here with episode 19. Ooh. Yes. With Lojo Russo. Lojo Russo. Russo, sorry. That's all right. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, actually. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thank you Life for being good. here. Uh, thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Lojo is a guitar player, and you're like a one-woman show, aren't you? Uh, I actually had a producer say I'm a one-woman show that shows you only need one woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was sweet as hell when he said that. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I've, I've been in bands over the years, um, currently doing the solo gig, um, mostly because the fee is easier to split by one. Yeah. 10 by 5. Right. You know? <laughs> but that and, yeah, I like working in bands. I've worked in bands. Uh, that was my, well, I guess not really. I've worked in bands for a lot of years uh, in different kinds of bands. And I'm actually still in a band, in two Irish bands, um, both of them on uh, uh, undetermined hiatus. But... Mm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but and they're both in Minneapolis. So. Oh, cool. Um, but uh, you said Irish. Yeah, yeah. Are you I, Irish? I am not Irish. Um, I wish I was. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm not Irish, but I really dig Irish music. Yeah, there's, yeah. It just there's something about it. There's something about it just just haunts me, and um, so like. When I was when I was a little kid, I used to go to a, the Renaissance Festival in Minnesota, yeah. out in Shakopee, and I went there for years. And I just I loved everybody, all dressed up and knights in shining armor, you know. And when you're super young, you and, and you're super young, and you're going, wow, it's like I'm right, like yeah. I'm in the middle of a fairy tale, man. This is so cool, you know. Right. And um, and so when I got a little older, I was I wanted to be I wanted to perform at the Renaissance. So um, I was in my 20s, I think, when I finally like figured out how to audition for the Renaissance. And uh, my girlfriend at the time bought me a mandolin, and I taught myself some mandolin. I'd been playing guitar up to that point. but So I learned a little mandolin, and I learned a couple of songs. And uh, that first year I performed, I met all these just amazing musicians I mean just incredible musicians and uh, just kind of fell into this whole like amazing jam circle like a fairy tale jam circle of these people and not only did it help me to, to learn the mandolin but it helped me to learn the guitar more and it really got me involved in Irish music so I played out there with a group called Gallo Glass for a number of years and then with uh, other people over the years. And um, and uh, now I'm in a group called the Hounds of Finn. Um, and we do uh, traditional Irish and then like uh, Irish folk rock kind of stuff. But uh, I just I just love the music. I, it, it, even the slow stuff makes you tap your foot, you know? Yeah. It's just like, it just makes you want to just move and sway and dance and tap. And So, yeah, so um, I've been doing Irish music for a lot of years, and I really like it. But mainly, uh, when you when you see me, I'm doing uh, 
my own brand of uh, what I call roots rock, Americana, hmm. blues, and other. Um, <laughs> really sure. You know, it used to be so simple. <laughs> it used to be so simple. The genres were jazz, blues, rock, country. And now there's all the jazz subgenres and the rock subgenres. The rock subgenres have subgenres. I mean, it's oh, getting, yeah. it's it's getting crazy. ridiculous, man. So I don't even know. Maybe I should just call myself other and just leave it at that and let everybody else figure out what that. Like, I just, I, I just laugh like alternative <laughs> in front of it, like alternative yeah. roots or something. Uh, like. Yeah, alternative roots, roots rock. You know, <laughs> I've been, and frankly, I like the term roots. Um, uh, you know, it used to, in the 70s, they used it a lot for bands, a lot of roots rock bands. You had um, Cream and America and, you know, all these kind of folk but kind of country, you know, having some of that old-timey music uh, influences and then kind of melding into folk and then pushing it through electronic instruments and rocking it out, you know. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and I like that. I like that idea, taking the roots of music and expanding it and growing it and finding different expressions out of that. So Definitely. Yeah. Now, you said you, uh, you, when you were getting into Irish music, you learned to play the, you said mandolin. Mandolin, uh -huh. yeah. But you were already playing guitar at the time. I was already playing guitar at the time. So I, what kind of music were you playing with guitar? Uh, so back, uh, back when I started at the renaissance so this would have been the mid 80s when i was like six or seven you know um uh anyway so back in the mid 80s uh i started i was doing some coffee house gigs and stuff like that and i was definitely like that folk balladeer kind of you know wanting to be somewhere between Bob Dylan and James Taylor and Joni Mitchell and, you know, just trying to shoot way outside my comfort zone with what I could do. But so all my all my songs back then were like five minutes long and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a chorus or a bridge. <laughs> it's just it was just like a rambling storyline for four and a half minutes and stuff. Um, and um and so I was playing Irish music, and I was doing my folk stuff, and uh, then I got into this group called Cats Laughing, and we were doing kind of Grateful Dead blues kind of jam music and like probably that. probably playing really long songs. <laughs> really long songs, and uh, I was playing bass in that band, uh, which was funny because I'm, I'd never played bass before. They're like, well, we've got one. You'll just figure it out. Yeah. I'm like, okay. That's <laughs> yeah, usually how bass players start out. It's like, I was just thrown on the yeah, bass. Yeah, I'm just the guitar player, it. but they needed a bass yeah. player. So here I go. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, but we had a lot of fun, and we actually, um, it was a five-piece band, and four, uh, three of them, three of the band members were published writers, you know, and yeah. I'd been doing some songwriting. And so we were we were never at a loss for music, you know, for original music. And the writers, the published writers, were um, sci-fi fantasy writers. So a lot of our music was, you know, uh, ten years too late. But 
uh, the knights in shining armor and the fairies that come out of the woods and you know the and the floating candles and the pyres and the stuff like that. So, yeah. so a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fantastical imagery in the music from Cats Laughing, um, but we also had just some amazing players. Um, Adam Stemple, Bill Kulcher, Stephen K.Z. Bruce, Emma Bull. These people were just magnificent, and we just had the best time of our lives. We really did. And that, that was for about, I don't know, that was about five, six, seven years, something like that. Oh, yeah, it's a while. Yeah, it was a while. And then uh, and I think we just got frustrated you know, I think we just got frustrated with not being able to get past the Tuesday night at Fernando's gig, mm. you know? You're right. <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, some of us had lives and some of us didn't. And so, yeah, so it, we had um, about after three albums, we we called it quits. And I was back to doing the solo stuff for a while. And, yeah. And then I got tired of doing solo stuff and... Um, I got this gig down in Missouri to do a festival, and they wanted me to play the beer garden. I'm like, beer garden? I need a band. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not playing a beer garden in the main stage without a band, you know. So, again, I gathered friends, and I'm, I was so fortunate. I can never say, I can never say enough how fortunate I was to be surrounded by so many talented musicians when I lived up in Minneapolis. Um, and so I said, Hey guys, I need a band and people stepped up. We learned the material. We did the show. It sucked like hell, <laughs> not us, just the show. Um, but then that band was a band for a while, mm. um, called Funk's Grove. And, um, uh, we had a lot of fun. And then like, we're not getting where we want to be and life gets in the way. And, uh, next thing I know, I'm hanging out solo again yeah so. well it seems like you've always dabbled with being solo so it's kind of nice that you haven't you weren't like with a band forever and, and then, then like suddenly, thrown into just oh, oh no I do. yeah oh. just yeah. me it's like ah, well i'm used to this <laughs> yeah well and really the cool thing about bands as a solo artist so if i would define myself as a solo artist uh predominantly mm-hmm. um the one cool thing about bands, besides just the camaraderie and the and the collaboration um, of expression and and creating, is after each band ended, I found myself in a position where I had learned some new skills, heard some different ways of playing things, and now I could kind of look at what I was doing and go, all right, here's the, now I need to go to the next level, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like each time I was in a band, it was like another giant step into the kind of music that I was going to write or perform or produce or whatever. So, uh, so luckily I had those experiences because, you know, I know, I know there are, solo musicians out there that do just fine all by themselves i'm not that person i uh, i like the collaboration i like uh i like to sit down and jam with people and i 
and uh, and bounce ideas off of people and stuff like that, or or just let's, let's hit the delay loop and see what happens. <laughs> Wah! You right. know. Um, and so I, I do. I miss that. Uh, ever since I moved to Iowa, I haven't really found. Uh, I haven't found my group of people to to chill with like I did up in Minneapolis. But that you know, I grew up in Minneapolis, so mm-hmm. you know, I spent most of my life there. It's kind of hard to find those people again, and you know, I can't just replace them. But uh, mm-hmm. but I go back enough times to feed myself every once in a while. Yeah, there you, you know. Go. Now. Uh... You're in Minneapolis. Did you come right to the QC? Or you ever been any live anywhere else? Um, well, I lived in I in Ireland for a little bit. Oh, wow. uh, right before I moved here. What was that like? That was really cool. Um, I, basically, I lived there for as long as the money and the visa, you know, until the money and the visa ran out. Yeah. I was in Ireland. Um, uh, that was cool to be able to actually sit in a real Irish session and uh, and listen to the different ways the same song can be played from county to county mm-hmm. uh, was just amazing. Um, and I met I met a lot of great people and I made a lot of great friends. And I've been back a few times since um, for different reasons. One time uh, the Hounds of Finn did a tour. Um, we took a bus tour to Ireland (laughs) and played out at all the stops, you know, wherever we, wherever we stayed overnight, we, we played in a local pub. So that was a lot of fun. Man, you guys are able to like tour in Ireland and still perform the next day. Uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) well, it's like, so we'd, so that was, I think that was 2016. And so it was like an eight day tour. And when we got on, we got to Ireland, and like the first night we were in Ireland, there was going to be this uh, this big dinner um, with like dignitaries and and military people and stuff because it was the tricolor festival. It was the uh, the hundred years of the Republic of Ireland mm-hmm. being a republic, you know, of the having a north and a and a Ireland, Northern Ireland and Ireland. So it was the whole country was celebrating, except Northern Ireland, not so much. But um, so there was this big dinner and uh, they asked us to play. So that was going to be our only night off. And they asked us to play <laughs> after the dinner. And we're like, sure. All right. And they invited our entire bus to eat. And we're like, wow, this is cool. Because yeah. there was like 45 people with us, you know. <laughs> so right. So from day one, we'd we'd play a gig, and then the next day we'd get on the bus, we'd go see the sights and do this and do that, and then uh, we'd get back to the hotel, we'd have dinner, and then we'd go to the pub, we'd play a couple hours, and we'd (laughs) go back to the hotel and do it all over again the next day. And we did that from Dublin to Cork to Donegal and back to Dublin. It was that's crazy. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Any crazy stories from Ireland? Um, let's see. We played. We played a uh, a pub in. Oh, and I'm not going to remember the name of the Clonakilty is the name of the town. Clonakilty. Clonakilty, and the name of the pub is um, Barras, 
and it was owned by the bass player of the Jimi Hendrix Experience. No way. <laughs> and that thing, that place was so cool. Um, in the back was a bar and a stage and a, and a room off the stage that went up two stories because I think the second floor had rotted away over the centuries mm. kind of thing, yeah. you know? So it was just this big, like, atrium kind of room. And um, when we got done with our gig, we got out to the front room, and there was a session going on, and that session had been going on for, like, 35 years every hmm. Monday night. Wow. <laughs> and, like, three of the guys were, like, had been there for the whole 35 years, you know? Man. And they invited us to sit down and play a couple of tunes and... Which is, which is really cool because you don't just sit down and play in a session. You get invited to play into a session. So. Yeah. So that was a pretty incredible night. We that that was a pretty incredible night. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, it just it, I don't know. It, crazy stories. Was there any crazy stories? I got. Uh, I had to take a cab from. Kilkenny to Waterford which cost me 70 euro because one of our one of our bus people didn't make it back to the bus so I stayed behind wow. to to find them and you know take them back to Waterford and it turned out that they'd already gotten on it oh. in a cab and had returned so now I've got to find a cab <laughs> and return that was that was kind of messed up, but yeah. that was my own fault. But you know, if that's the worst thing that happened is I had to take a cab to Waterford. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Next time I know there's a train. So. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, how long were you there all in total? So that time we were there, I think eight days, like seven seven nights and eight days, um, with the band and forty five people on a bus and <laughs> and. Uh, that's a big you know, bus. We sang on the bus and we we watched people surfing in Ireland, which still kind of blows my mind. Yeah. That's got to be some cold surfing, man. Yeah, I don't think it's surfing when I think of Ireland. No, no, but there's like little surf clubs all they over the place now. They have good waves? <laughs> Evidently. I guess good enough. All right. <laughs> That'd be something right? to do. Yeah, I yeah. surfed in Ireland. Yeah. It'd be crazy to try out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, did you say you started playing guitar around, like, when you were really young, like six? I was, yeah, I was uh, 10. I was 10 okay. when I got my first guitar. Now, um, what made you start guitar? Was it your own interest, or did you have, like, family or whatever that was into music? No, or? well, my family was into music. My mom played a lot of different instruments growing up and in college and stuff, high school. And um, my dad, uh, my dad and my mom are great singers. And and my dad's an artist, and he's an architect and a carpenter, and and so I definitely have the creative bug in me, you know, the yeah. creative gene from them. And um, but uh, I was playing trumpet. I'd been playing trumpet for a couple of years in band in school, but I loved singing and I loved writing music. And uh, so I just asked my mom if I could have a guitar because it seemed like a better choice for yeah. trying to write and sing <laughs> and play along while you're singing you right. know? Uh, and at the time my mom um, 
my mom was a manufacturer's electronics rep, um, and she'd go to those NAM shows, and uh, you know she knew everybody in the business, so she got me and my brother electric guitars, Ooh. Yeah, a bass Ooh, and electric, electric. Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, that's so we started on those. And then uh, my first guitar was a Yamaha. It was a custom-built Yamaha acoustic. Um, and uh, I, I, I kind of did the Bob Dylan thing, and I didn't know it at the time, but I did the Bob Dylan thing where you take an old folk tune and then you write your own words. Yeah. You know? Uh, evidently, it's a thing everybody, a lot of folk singers do, I think. Huh. <laughs> it's you gotta learn somewhere right yeah so so yeah so i wrote my first song when i was like 10 or 11 um and then i started writing my own songs as well not just the lyrics and uh taught myself i had i had a couple hours of lessons from a high school kid um when i was like 12 or 13 yeah and she taught me bar chords, and that was like invaluable, as an invaluable thing. And mm-hmm. uh, now, when I, I I teach guitar now, and that's one of the things I try to teach as soon as possible is a bar chord because once you have a once you know about bar chords, the sky's the limit on what you can do with your guitar. You mm-hmm. know, you don't you're not you're not confined by that g shape c shape d shape you right. know and that key you know it's it, and you don't just need a capo you can make a bar chord and still play and yeah, sing yeah, in yeah. your own key and or sing along you know play along with people because you know if they're capoed and they're playing a g shape you know like, oh i can play the g shape up here and right it's I'm, i can play along and i'm not bound you know so or confined by those shapes so yeah so um yeah so i was really young Uh, i had my first show when i was i think i was in fourth grade you know talent show yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know with my little brother and then so after that i was i was playing the talent shows and in high school i was playing uh the foyer during the pep rallies i'd play the foyer and just do old like Beatles and Bob Dylan and Bob Seger and I'd be playing all this all this uh, rock and roll music out in the foyer to all the the burnouts and the hippies and the freaks you know while all the jocks oh yeah were <laughs> were in the pep fest going yay team we're like yeah. okay we don't care about the team yeah. but they won't let us out of the school to smoke so <laughs> I guess this is what we'll do and yeah, yeah. They never had a problem with it, you know. The, the counselors would come because I was singing all their music, you know. <laughs> they dug it. The teachers dug it because they could keep an eye on us. And yeah. they're like, they weren't worried about us how smoking cigarettes and pot behind the golf course or something. Right. It's like, they're all right there. Good. Yeah. <laughs> At least we can keep an eye on them. So. Yeah. So I was just kind of teaching myself, buying those those you know 101 rock songs of the 70s kind of thing yeah just kind of figuring it out and listening to the radio and to the listening to my lps and trying to figure out what they did and how they did it right and then like i said and then in my 20s i fell in with that group of people that just opened my mind up 
to what you can do on a guitar. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, how long have you been doing music altogether? Oh, no. <laughs> that is a highly regarded secret. Oh, yes. You can't tell. <laughs> no one will ever know. No one will ever know. <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, I've been playing guitar um, for over 40 years. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think after 40 years I'd be a little better than I am, but I'm really lazy. No, I, I saw you at the <laughs> Redstone Room, and it was amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, right on, man. Really great. Thanks. Um, now, now, did you say when you were in the other bands, you guys cut albums and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when was your first solo album? My first solo album would have been 94, called Understated. Okay. And I was putting out an album about every two years after that until um, my next band, so... How many do you have so far? Uh, albums for yourself. So I, at last count, I think I've got, including uh, bands that I've, well, including all the bands, I've probably got close to twenty. Nice. Um, mm. But just solo albums, I uh, I think I'm at number eight right now. Um, after after I moved to Iowa, things have slowed down a little bit as far as being able to put out an album mm-hmm. <laughs> every two years when did you say you moved to iowa i moved here in 2005 okay so i was in uh born in california go back to a prior question um i was born in california mostly raised in minnesota um i moved to california for a while back to california for a while and then went to ireland for a little bit and then moved to iowa and that the move to Iowa happened because I was doing a show in Ohio and I met a girl and so I'm still in Minnesota and now I'm in California and now I'm in Ireland and we're talking and we're talking and we're hooking up every once in a while and trying to get to know each other and and so we decided uh, actually before I went to Ireland we were like, well, let's spend a, you know, like a month in Iowa living together and see how that goes. And if that goes, then when you get back from Ireland, we'll talk some more. You yeah. know? So we talked a lot while I was in Ireland and I moved to Iowa. I moved back to Iowa after Ireland and I've been here ever since. Nice. Yeah. Man, well, if you can make it in Iowa, you can make it anywhere. Right. <laughs> <It's> like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you know, it, and it was funny because, you know, being from Minneapolis, I, the music scene there, it's, you know. It's crazy there. It's crazy. I mean, I, I, you know, I think if you were to put it in, in, a, in a list, it'd be like Nashville, California, New York, Minneapolis, you know, maybe more or less in that order. Um, as far as what a, uh, as far as a music scene, mm-hmm. um, I suppose Chicago could could go in there somewhere, but uh, but yeah, just a raging music scene, um, which can make it a lot more difficult to to get noticed. But it also you're you have an endless supply of venues, mm-hmm. you know. So um, so moving here, I was like. What the heck am I gonna do here? You know, there wasn't any coffee houses really, yeah. um, and all the bars wanted bands and cover bands. Mm. 
And I was really kind of freaking out at first. And then I met Alice Kell and uh, the whole River Music Experience thing. And it through Ellis Kell and RME, um, I was opened up to what kind of music scene is here in the Quad Cities. And in the you know, 13, 14 years I've lived here, it's been growing exponentially with, you know, Sean Moeller and mm -hmm. Day Trotter and all that and Pat Stolle and so I uh so at first I was a little reluctant and, and bummed out that I wasn't going to have the music scene that I was used to. And then two you know, then two things happened. One, I got introduced to just the amazing music and art scene that's here in the Quad Cities. And two, I realized I was a lot better geographically positioned to go to wherever I used mm. to tour. I, you know, I'd go to Chicago, I'd go to Denver, I'd Missouri, and um, hell yeah, right. And I, all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I could do a gig in Chicago and still come home that night. Yeah. I don't have to find a weekend worth of gigs because I'm doing an eight-hour drive from Minneapolis. You know, I'm like, well, this is cool. So it has actually helped. Um, it's helped my my music touring uh, um, a lot in so far as I'm a lot better placed for going where I want to go mm -hmm. with the music. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the scene's crazy around here. I think it's growing. It, it is growing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's uh, it, it, just like recently. It's like been exponential you know almost um yeah so since you came here in 05 um what do you think you, it was kind of maybe the same for maybe 10 years and maybe starting yeah. to pick up now yeah i'd, yeah. I'd say the first 10 years was kind of stagnant starting i mean i know day trotter started a few you know a few years back well yeah they probably started about eight years ago didn't they yeah it's eight, been or a, ten, it's been a while. eight or ten years ago so yeah right it took about 10 years to watch things start to really move along lots well, so. of a lot more venues now a lot more venues uh um as a solo performer um the wineries the wineries alone that's wineries, like my yeah. new ho that's like my hotel you know i'm not like a wino or anything i've never been <laughs> <laughs> what's that like um I mean, it's it's uh yeah because i don't think they don't really want bands, do they? No, they, they like generally the don't solo. want bands. Maybe a duo, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or a soft jazz trio. But generally, uh, no, they like the duos, or the, the and the duos and the solos. Um, and a winery, it, it kind of depends. Like the tasting rooms, most of the tasting room wineries, like uh, like Wide River, um, in the Village, or uh, Grape Life, that's over by Panera. Mm -hmm. On Kimberly, um, a lot of those tasting rooms uh, are perfect for for that that solo thing. When I was starting to get into the wineries like Tabor and Fireside, and Tabor was like, "Well, are you a member of the Mississippi Blues Valley Society?" And I'm like, "The what? The who? <laughs> the what? Well, we only want blues." I'm like, "Huh?" And I was. Like a lot of the wineries were like, we only want blues. The wineries, like, really? I know, and I was like, blues. 
Well, maybe it was they they didn't want a bunch of people jumping up and down, like being all rocky. Trying or, to keep it to a certain yeah, caliber or something. Yeah, caliber like, of music, yeah. you know, keeping it fun but low-key or something. I mean, I feel I like know. they would have, like, a lot of jazz. <laughs> I, well, that's the thing, because when I've played... When I've played wineries like in California, um, they all wanted jazz. Yeah. And I, and I would just turn my folk, I just hit jazz chords on my folk tunes, you know. <laughs> How many roads must a man walk? You know, <laughs> just kind of jazz it up. <laughs> Here's a little Dylan for you. Um, and so, but here, the blues with that Mississippi Valley Blues Society people love the blues around here man oh yeah they really do and i play the blues but i'm not a blues player it's kind of like i play a bass but i'm not a bass player you know there's there's a difference right you know you know a person like kevin bf burt he's a blues man he knows the blues he sings the blues he understands the difference between chicago and delta and mississippi and you know I don't, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Eight bars, twelve bars. Yeah, it's like you know. Oh, isn't that blues? No. Okay, sorry. So I found that a lot of them wanted blues. So I was, I was, you know, trying to morph my music one way or another depending on what people wanted, and I found that that kind of helped me to find a few more gigs it's like well we play mostly jazz i I play jazz we play mostly blues i do blues you know and as long as they weren't like hardcore genre uh i could get away with playing my music in their style and get these gigs and um so i said well no i'm not a i said to Tabor, like i'm not a i'm not a member but you know give me a shot see if you like it and I went out there and I played the blues I knew and I played some of my folk music, kind of bluesy. And I, I've got a little R&B in me anyway, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just a little, just a little smidge of it that always wants to just kind of eke out there. Um, and Paul and Martha were like, yeah, that's great. You're good. We're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Are you a member so, now? <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm not a blues player, man. I play the blues, <laughs> but I'm not a blues player. So Fuck I don't him. know. Maybe I could. <laughs> I could ask. I could see what ha- what it would take. And <laughs> maybe it's just about a, a a dues. You know, they just, just want the your dues. money. They just want yeah. the money. That's all right too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we all do. We oh, all yeah. just want our money, man. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> man, wineries, huh? How many yeah. are around here? See, that's the thing. There's there's uh i play i play regularly at five of them and there's four of them i'm trying to get into now what yeah (laughs) four more that i'm trying to get into okay it's crazy now you might have to get all the way to des moines you know up to dubuque um but they're there they're it's it's crazy and it's it, it's most of them have beer because people know that one person's gonna want the wine and the other person's gonna just want a course, you know, or whatever. And husbands <laughs> like bringing their wives the, yeah, or the, something. Well, you know, I didn't want to stereotype it, but generally that's kind of <laughs> how it goes. But but I'm seeing a lot of um, 
a lot of college age and you know 20 somethings are really getting into it you mm -hmm. know it's like the thing and then you've got uh, a bunch of wineries are starting to distill so now uh. you know they're getting into distill their own wine or beer distill their own bourbon okay bourbon and whiskey and you know like uh cedar ridge uh winery has a kick butt bourbon i mean just amazing love it and then you got the mrdc over in leclerc uh, and uh you know making their own whiskeys and gins and mm. i play over there and nice. you know so between the breweries and the wineries i can stay pretty busy <laughs> are those your best kind of gigs to get then and like um uh, you know they they are uh, at least like steady or they're a, they're a little steadier and people who go to a brewery or a winery i don't know it's like they're a little more low-key you when i play a bar i don't i don't like to play bars there's i only have a couple of bars on my on my roster anymore mm -hmm. um because you go to a bar and there will be some loud group yelling Freebird every five minutes. Oh, yeah. Still um, to this day. Still to this day. <laughs> how many... Everybody wants Freebird. How many decades or centuries? <laughs> I know, right? It's going to be like 22, <laughs> 19, and <laughs> yeah, we're still yelling Freebird. 25, 25, <laughs> Freebird. That song's 75 years old, old. sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... And I well, do you feel the same about coffee shops? Do you play those a lot? I I don't because they don't pay. Yeah, you know that was my intro, and I'll play a coffee shop if I'm in a town, like if I've uh, I'm in a new town, I've got some gigs, and I want to promo the good gigs. I might find a coffee shop to play so that I can, or an open mic or something like that. Oh yeah, um, to to. Oh wow, that was good. Oh yeah, if you like that, check this <laughs> Just out. Freaking all know? these business cards, business and... cards, business cards. I got <laughs> CDs. Yeah. Um, you don't like CDs? I got koozies. What do you got? What do you? You got to have all that merch. You got to have the make, merch. You that's gotta how you got to make the merch, that merch, right? man. And I'm even making my own bracelets now. Um, and I, you look around, and that's happening. Like, uh, especially with like, uh, if I can say the hippie the, the kind of hippie folk genre of music um you'll you'll see the merchandise there's a t-shirt and there's the the cd and maybe even the cd sleeve has been hand colored by the members of the band mm. you know they're all handmade or the girlfriend of the drummer is making purses yeah, and they're yeah. up there next to the t-shirts you know and um really we're we're all just trying to fill our bellies in our gas tanks, yeah. you know. Maybe pay the rent once in a while Maybe. would be nice, <laughs> you know. Um, I've been lucky enough not to. Uh, I've been lucky enough to have uh, a a wife that is understanding of my career choice. Um, and. Uh, really helps me and motivates me to to do what I love to do and um 
And so I haven't had a, a job job for like seven years now. Oh, yeah. And that's really kind of nice. But that means, great. <laughs> that means doing, you know, 100 shows, trying to, trying to book 100 shows a year at the, at the least, yeah. you know. Um, and that was the other thing, playing with bands. When I'd, when I'd play uh, with the Hounds of Finn, it would take three shows to make the same that amount of money that I would make in one night. Here's your five dollar cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and I and I I see that I go out and I watch bands and um, you're watching the band going, oh, man, you guys are making what, like 50, 60 bucks each. Uh, and the rest of it's either going to the gas tank or into the, the bank to pay for the hotel room or, <laughs> you know, if there's any left over after yeah. everybody gets paid, you know? So, so it was tough. It was, it, it was tough. And it was an eye awakening moment again, too, because I'm like, wow, I forgot what it's like to be in a band and not make any money. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so the, the solo thing does help in yeah. that respect, but yeah, but you gotta have the merch. You gotta have, uh, you gotta have the thing that oh, the lava lamp is finally oh, moving. It's finally here we go. Burping. I hope you guys are seeing this right now. Are you seeing it? You don't want to miss this part. Ooh, that's why we're here. That's why you're lava watching. Lamp. Right on. To, yeah. I'll make sure I get in the shot so you can <laughs> stare at it. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm like zoning out. That's what we did last episode. Out. Like, just give us a few minutes here. I'm just gonna have to. We'll be right back after <laughs> this brief, brief break. Loop. These messages from our, our sponsor from here on the Mobcast. <laughs> <laughs> after a brief message from the aliens in my lava lamp. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so um, what were we talking about? I don't know. Uh, we were talking about a wool merch. Wool merchandise, yeah. And just so booking 100, 200, yeah, 200 gigs trying a year. Trying to make your... Trying to make your uh, trying to make your your money so that you can keep doing this yeah. you know so i don't i don't want to be that i don't want to be a mooch i don't want to i i have i have and it's just my own thing i want to i want to be able to participate in, uh, whether it's in society or in my household or whatever it is I want to be financially fiscally responsible financially responsible fiscally responsible as a steward to my community and my my home life and and uh, so it it's important to me to not just do what I love and you know, play coffee house gigs for no money, um, but to do what I love and and be rewarded for it. I I'm a professional. I I've worked on my craft for a long time, and I I, I feel like I'm pretty good at it now. Mm-hmm. And uh, enough people have said that I'm pretty good at it now, and. Uh, and so I think it's only fair that one is recompensed with, you know, properly for what they're for what they're doing. And, oh yeah. And uh, it's it's not always easy to get venue owners or uh, or even just friends to understand 
<laughs> Let me get the discount. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a discount. Yeah, can I can I get in for free? Well, yeah, but if I said that to everybody, then I'm not gonna make any money tonight, you know? Or yeah, they went in for free. At least put their ass to work. Like, right. well, you're gonna carry my shit <laughs> or something. There you go. Or the uh, or the venue owner says, well, you'll be you know you'll make it up in tips, and that worked 20 years ago when nobody had. Venmo and Google Wallet and PayPal and mm. all that crap that you has, take debit <laughs> yeah and I do but it's a lot of hassle to yeah. get a you know a five dollar tip on a debit card yeah <laughs> pull out the card reader <laughs> you know and there are I, I found there are tip apps there right. are apps for tipping but then you've got to get your entire audience to download the app mm. before they leave for the night you, know? I mean, you can just go around with your phone with a little card reader, right? Be like, everybody yep. swipe. There you go. Just come along. Just stand by the door on the way out. Just yep. shoo, <laughs> So, yeah. So now we're, we're becoming a currency-less society. Yeah. Nobody's got, you, you know, you five have bucks to, in their You got to start accepting Bitcoin or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, and maybe it is just, you know, here's my, here's my PayPal at yeah. e-dress, you know, just yeah. if you want to tip me, just tip me through PayPal or Google Wallet or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is that the way to do it? I I like it when somebody walks up to me and and puts that five bucks or ten bucks in the jar and, and looks at me and says, thanks for the music, you know, oh, yeah. or whatever. I like that. I'm, I mean, you got to have an ego to be a... A, a musician to, to be a performer you gotta have an ego I don't care how big or small it is but you gotta have one mm -hmm. and it's gotta be fed yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I'm so to uh, so when somebody says hey that was that was nice or you know here's five bucks will you play blah 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 and that's the thing so you know you're playing you're playing a bar and they're yelling out freeboard or they're yelling out something and they're like hey can you play blah 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 sure and then you play it and then they ignore you it's like hey man <laughs> you asked for something and i'm giving it to you the least you could do is receive it you know <laughs> well, i just had to step out for smoke i'm sorry yeah, right? <laughs> can you play it again can you play it again um mm. i actually i had a gig recently uh, it was the end of the night. Um, the, the you know the the wait staff is you know closing out their books and wiping off all the tables and stuff. And there's still a couple at the bar. And the guy yells, "Freebird!" <laughs> and I and I like got really close to the microphone. I, I mean, he's like from me to you, right? Yeah. But I got really close to the microphone and then through the PA I went. I'm sorry, sir, but that'll cost you a hundred dollars. And then I laughed. And then I started, um, and then I started playing it a little bit, you know, just a little bit. And uh, then he goes, "Do stairway to heaven." <laughs> and I said, "I'm sorry, sir, that'll cost you a hundred dollars." <laughs> and uh, so he looks at his wife and he goes. Give her a hundred dollars, uh -huh. and I'm like, I don't fucking know Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> you know, I can do down, you know, but I don't know all the words. So you could just start the intro, and, and then I just and I lose it halfway through. Grab there. that hundred dollar bill. All right, and thank you very much. <laughs> and so I saw them put a hundred dollar bill in my tip jar, and I'm like, 
Oh, dude. I, I really don't know it all the way through. Freebird it was, right? Freebird, here I, we go. I can't, I, I don't know these songs all the way through. I was just <laughs> jazzing you on the 100 bucks, man, you know? You take your money back. And he goes, what can you play? And then I realized he wasn't going to take his money back. So I, like, I've got a little folder full of all the songs that I don't want to learn, but that everybody calls out. Yeah. Desperado, Hotel mm-hmm. California, right? So I'm, like, paging through this thing going... <laughs> Ooh, wild horses, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> wild horses wouldn't drag me. He's like, that was great. What else do you know? And I'm like, huh. I'm just like looking for, I'm, I'm like pulling out the phone. Okay, let's see if we can get turn the page up on here, you know? This thing in the blanks, you just got to, you have to Google out songs. People yell out Some at bars. Some people yell out, you know? <laughs> but I tell you, um, some of those, some of those, uh, tipped songs it's nice people if you're going to a bar or a winery or wherever and somebody's up there playing music and you want to hear a song write it on a napkin and bring it up with a five dollar bill see how that works it works great um so when people have come up and said hey i'd like to hear this song and they you know throw throw a fiver or ten in the tip jar if they do that and i don't know the song i'm gonna look it up and i'm gonna learn it and i'll have it figured out before by the next break you know it's like Mm -hmm. when i come back from that break i will have that song for them (laughs) you know or i will make it up (laughs) as i go but i've gotten some pretty pretty great songs out of those kind of deals you know so i learned you know oh i gotta learn this song right now (laughs) okay Hey, this is kind of a cool song. All right. And now it's in my repertoire, you know? So. Yeah. Lojo doesn't fuck around. She's about it. <laughs> right. Bring it. Bring it. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. I uh, One of the things I do like to do is when people will ask for a song, and I might know a little bit of it, and then I'll just start making up words. Because, half, again, half the time people ask for a song, they don't really listen to you playing it mm. once you've, they've asked for it. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll just start making, making it up. Right. And like, uh, somebody said, Billy Joel. And I'm like, sing us a song. You're the guitar girl. Mm-hmm, yeah. Sing us a song tonight. We're all in the mood for a melody and you're just not getting it right. <laughs> La da da. You know, it's like, right. they don't know. They, they're half the time they don't even notice that i'm not singing the right song <laughs> or the right words you know it's like eh. well it's even better you get a special version <laughs> that's now. right that's right that one's gonna cost you extra mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely now you said you've been been able to do this full time now for a little while yeah and i've done it um i've done it full time off and on over the years um i've been I would say I'm, I've been a professional musician for probably the last 20 years. And by that, I mean that I'm, I'm actually actively working towards producing music, um, writing, performing, mm-hmm. and trying to get better gigs all the time. You know, so not just playing a weekend or, you know, playing a playing fernando's on a tuesday night kind of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know 
What did you used to do for a living? Uh, I've done a lot of things. Um, it's all over the place. I'm a, I, uh, I have been a CNC operator, the um, computer numerical control drilling routing machines. I've operated them. I've programmed them. I've um, been an administrative assistant at an insurance company. I've worked several positions in a, a food co-op. Oh. Um, <laughs> what was what's a, what's the that like? Was that uh, up in Minneapolis? That was up in Minneapolis. Yeah. How did that work? Um, it was actually really cool. Um, I I got a job at this place called Mississippi Market in St. Paul, and uh, I said straight up, I said uh, I'm. There are going to be times I'm going to be on the road for weeks at a time. Um, but I need a I need a job right now, and if you're willing to give me one, knowing that at some point I'm just going to have to quit, uh, I'd like a gig. And they're always getting college kids, so they're used to that stuff. So they were like, "Yeah, fine." So I worked there for about five or six months before I went on my first tour and I said all right well I'm going on tour so thanks this was fun and they said well give us a call when you get back and I said okay and I got back from my tour and I gave them a call and they said we can put you in deli great so I started working in the deli for a while and then I went on tour and they said give us a call when you get back and I gave them a call and they're like well, we need uh, floor clerks, you know, mm -hmm. stock. And I'm like, great. So <laughs> I just, I so I worked there for like two years, a few months at a time, <laughs> Hell yeah. you know, in different positions, just because evidently I was a good enough worker that they're like, just, just come back if you, you know, it's okay if you want to come back. Um, I, uh, I sold programs and clown noses for the Cirque du Soleil one summer. <laughs> that was fun. That's interesting. Uh, it was. That was. I had fun. I and I would uh, during the intermissions, I would put on. Um, I'd put on one of those trays like you see in the old movies, the the girls with the cigarette trays going around saying, "Oh, cigarettes." <laughs> and I'd have this big tray of like Twizzlers and and, and Jujubees and cotton <laughs> candy, and and I'd be walking around, Jujubees, Twizzlers, you know, <laughs> trying to sell candy at the. Yeah at the intermission at Cirque du Soleil and uh, otherwise I was um, taking tickets selling clown noses and programs and that was fun that was fun I got to uh, that was a good gig because um, I got to see the show one night and we all got to see the show for free one night and uh, but the coolest thing was you got to eat in the commissary in in their commissary now the Cirque du Soleil travels around the country in like 20 semi-trailers and and then a, a, a few buses for the people and everything comes in on the semi-trailers the tent the merchandise the counters the people's clothes all go into one semi-trailer um and then one semi-trailer come turns into a dining room and, hmm. and kitchen you know and because there's like 17 or 18 countries might be representative, re might be represented through all the acts, um, they'll have food for all these people 
And it's like, so one night it will be uh, African food night and there will be a lot of African delicacies. And then another night might be Asian delicacies. One night I was, I went to get some food and they had thousand year old duck eggs. And I'm like, oh, I really want to try one, but I really don't want to eat somebody's like, you know, special dinner, you know, they'd have shark and goat and yeah. man so they got like a chef traveling <laughs> they with have them a chef traveling with them and then they'd uh they'd get a, a chef from the town they're in um you know some sous chefs from the town they're in to help out and you pay by the pound on your plate and hmm. it didn't matter if you had a peanut butter sandwich or a shark you know shark meat it was two bucks a pound (laughs) you know (laughs) it was so it was cheap to eat there and you ate some really magnificent stuff oh i'd be going all out it was it was fun it was it was really cool i don't even like eggs but i'll take one of those eggs exactly (laughs) it's like oh i could try octopus no i don't want to but i but it's there to try if i want how old did you say it was oh yeah 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 okay (laughs) so so yeah so i've had i've had a few different gigs yeah but not as good as music. Right, but <laughs> never as good as music. And through all of those all of those um jobs I I was doing music. Yeah. Constantly. Constantly doing music. Well you have music. to or else you probably go crazy or something. Yeah, I I know I would. I know I would. I mean when I was a little kid, my mom when my mom would ground me <laughs> it would first it's go to your room. Then it's go to your room without your stereo. And then it's go to room without your stereo or your guitar. Ooh, ooh, yeah. You knew you were in big trouble if the guitar went away. So. You ever have to sneak out, try and sneak it back in, <laughs> sneak go it break in. out the guitar or something? <laughs> just, just start banging on a box like it's a bongo or something. Yeah. I just gotta make music. I need I to. Know. Going through withdrawals. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so. You ever go to school for music or anything? No, uh, you know, for a brief enchanting moment, my mom and I talked about sending me to MacPhail um, School of Music in Minneapolis. But uh, by the time we started, I started thinking about going to college. I was already in my at the end of my junior year in high school, and I learned that I needed three years of high school math. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Hmm. So I'd have to go to community college to make up the math and a couple of other courses that I didn't take in high school in order to go to college. Never mind. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, I can't stand that shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I'm here for like, like whatever you're going to school for. I'm here for music. I'm not yeah, taking I don't, math I don't, class, I don't care the other things. Like, just um, g- give me a D or C yeah. or whatever I need to pass. Like. <laughs> well, and... I had no idea up to that point that math had anything to do with music, but it does. Yeah. So, but I guess, um, hanging out with those folks from, uh, from the Renaissance festival, that's where I got my music, my music learning was, um, these people just, it, it was, it was a regular thing that we would sit in a circle and play music for hours and hours. It was a regular thing. If somebody was having a party, there'd be 10 guitars and a couple of mandolins and probably an acoustic bass stacked up in a corner somewhere. Hmm. And at some point, we'd all just kind of nod at each other and we'd all 
open up the cases and bring in our guitars and make a circle and the next thing you know we're playing music at the party for hours and hours and that was just a regular thing there's like the one person who was invited who's not a musician like what the fuck's going on what are uh, people doing yeah <laughs> like, no uh, and see that's the thing is start busting out the instruments no one's saying a word and you're just like wow you guys always do this <laughs> always i my brother came to visit me one time and i i took him to a party and he's like why do you have your guitar with you and i said well more than likely we'll be playing music at some point you gotta be prepared <laughs> you know and so I I said do you want me to grab a guitar for you and he goes no no <laughs> that's alright and sure enough rolls around people start pulling out in instruments so I grab my guitar and he's like this is amazing <laughs> and the, the next day he's like I just can't get over that I can't wait to tell all my friends back in California because he's living in Hollywood he's like they just sit around and play music Can all you night believe long it? it's just weird man we just sit around and do drugs <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and cocaine it's Hollywood I don't know what they're doing <laughs> we, we have to rehearse and you know they just want to do it for fun yeah freaking weirdos yeah. <laughs> yeah I know weirdos right so and that's that was like one of the first things that hit me is like I got nowhere to sit in a circle <laughs> and play music with you know and over the years I've found some places you know mostly like church groups and stuff and I've tried to find some somewhere that feels like my place and I just haven't found that yet mm. but but um but yeah that was my education was those people and now and now that i'm teaching guitar i'm kind of reverse engineering <laughs> my music to understand well why is it called e minor seventh uh, that's uh, I'll next, tell you next, that next lesson week. Yep. <laughs> next lesson uh, we'll uh, address the what that means you're not ready to know the secret yet google until, google google yeah. oh okay I, I get it now so <laughs> but um you yeah, have like a so. teleprompter behind the student like yes <laughs> yeah. e7 says here that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like they have the have the mouse down here <laughs> with the big google screen behind them uh well <laughs> So it happened back in the 1700s when they when Bach understood. Um, no. I'm just checking my email. No. I'm just checking my email. Hang on. <laughs> How long have you so. been teaching? Mm. I think like three, about three years now, three, four years. You just get into it just because like, well, I'm well, doing it. Yeah. I guess I can teach it and yeah. I guess I'll take some money. Or I think, <laughs> uh, well, I think it started when somebody asked if I would teach them. Like, wait, what? And I'm Teach. like, well, but I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't know what a lot of this is called. It you looks know? good on stage, but I don't know. <laughs> but, hey. um, uh, but, uh, but the kid was just really enthusiastic. And so I started teaching him. And through teaching him, I was teaching myself how to teach, you know. And... Um, was able to start putting together a little curriculum and understand when you know when to decide to go to this and go to that and start the next level of of playing or whatever like that and then like the next kid I got 
played eight instruments and <laughs> including piano and wanted to be able to play Bohemian Rhapsody by looking at the notes. And I'm like, well, <laughs> okay, that's a little out of my league. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the notes on the guitar. So let's try. So you played eight instruments and he's, but not guitar. <laughs> yeah. He... Guitar was the only one he hadn't played yet. He was, uh, he was playing piano. That's really um, kind of strange. Trumpet, <laughs> you know, saxophone. It's like orchestra band. Type, I, I guess. I, yeah. You'd was, think well, by the time you get to eight instruments, the guitar would be in there already. Already, yeah. Well, um, not so much. Huh, that, but, that's uh, interesting. So it's just, so I've had all levels, all ages. Um, and mostly what I try to teach is how to have fun playing the instrument. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to teach you music theory. If you want to yeah. understand the theory behind the music, I will figure it out for you, or we'll figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna teach you the notes on the fretboard, but I'm not necessarily going to have sheet music in front of you, and now you're going to be playing that sheet music. Because yeah. if I can't do it, I'm not gonna expect you to be able to. You know, me to be able to teach you to do it. So mostly, I have. I call it the fundamentals, and uh, we have fun. And I'm going to teach you not just chords and bar chords, um, but I'm going to teach you rhythm patterns and uh, different ways of approaching a song, you know, and mm-hmm. how to have fun. I I worked with uh, one local songwriter. Um, she she wanted to learn how to play the guitar better, but the kind of guitar the kind of music she was doing she didn't need a lot of fancy guitar work yeah so instead we started working on her performing skills and then kind of talking about touring and what and or producing an album and you know kind of giving her uh an education on what it means to be a performing songwriter mm-hmm. um and so i've done that a couple of times now so and then I do some songwriting um, classes as well. Uh, I do some for schools and uh, privately and and summer programs and you know so just a, a musician a musician who doesn't have a Grammy sitting on their shelf is always looking for a way to make a buck musically mm-hmm. you know um, or at least without having to have a real job. Whichever, you know, however that works. If you can do it through music, and if that means getting a radio gig, you know, or working at Griggs or something like that, Mm -hmm. whatever that means, if you can keep it musically, that's that's really important to me. I worked at West Music for a while because that was, I wanted to keep, keep the money in the music. Yeah. You know, um... So, I don't know. So, I hate to always harken back to money, but, it, you know, unfortunately, some of your, your motivation, your <laughs> some of your motivation is to make sure you make your rent or your mortgage or, you know, you don't have to skimp on the groceries this week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I've really never had to do that. I've, I've lived more frugally than I do right now um, uh, that because I've had to but I've never felt like I've 
had to live the ramen lifestyle, you know, yeah, the ramen yeah. noodle lifestyle. I've never, I've always been able to make enough money making music to live comfortably, and uh, and that's that says a lot. That's not easy to do. Not it's at not all. easy to do, but. And that's like the best thing to be able to do. It really is. I mean, it just really be able is. to live, make a living, and whatever. Everything on top of that's just like icing. Exactly. Cake, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, being able to make a living doing whatever it is that you do that you love to do. It's like I mean, I mean really, it's like mandatory because I mean, if you got <laughs> got a passion and mm-hmm. you're stuck in like a cubicle or something, it's not gonna. It's no. not gonna go well. <laughs> it's not gonna go well at all. I mean, even no. if you're not doing it as a career, if you're not pursuing it, you gotta at least be doing what you love, obviously. Absolutely, but. absolutely. And I've always said, if you don't love what you're doing, find something else to do, yeah. man. You gotta stop that and do something else. And I know that's scary. It's a scary proposition for a lot of people. Um, but everybody I know who've taken that leap and you know of faith it's like i'm going to find the thing that makes me happy yeah it you know might have been scary for a little while well but it should be that's like that's where know, growth comes that, from you that's know that's where the like, growth comes right that's yeah. right that's right but man. um yeah i don't know it's crazy but i don't know yeah but, but you you, you got to do what you love um like yeah it sounds like like to me it sounds like obvious like when you say oh yeah you got to follow your dreams it's like right. it sounds obvious but i guess a lot of people just get caught up in the whole well, i got to i got 40 I gotta, hours a week you got to yeah i got to pay these bills and this and that it's car like, payment oh. and i got a house payment and now it's like that. I'm, after work i'm just tired I just want to watch the tv or yeah whatever. It's like, yeah uh, yeah and then you you know you die of a heart attack at 57 because <sighs> you're miserable yeah you yeah. know of course um but yeah i mean i've i've known people and it doesn't matter what age they are um when they actually pursued what they love it's they've found it and they've been able to get into it and it's not there wasn't a year and a half of you know struggling on food stamps and you know lollipops trying to and uh you know hotel rooms and couch surfing they've it when you motivate yourself to find that thing that makes you happy it will come it will Mm -hmm. it really will you but you got to believe and you gotta you gotta be motivated you just can't go and i did this for a while (laughs) and i still you know i it's it's one of my regrets which i don't have a lot but one of my regrets is sitting back waiting for people to come to me Mm. and i spent a lot of years sitting back waiting for people to come to me and then i realized i gotta go to them Mm. oh crap i wasted a lot of time you know uh but once i started going to them boom 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 things started happening and the better gigs showed up and festivals and you know at one time I was signed with a record company and you know so because I was actually out you know just pushing it and motivating myself and really trying hard to to do something more than just playing in a coffee shop or jamming in the circles yeah and so you know I consider myself 
uh, fortunate and uh, and I, I think I'm doing all right, you know? Hell I think yeah. I'm doing all right for myself. That's great. All things considered. You yeah. Know? You got to take that dive. Yeah. If you're trying to follow your dreams or do some crazy shit, you just got to do it. Because, yeah, once you take the risk and get uncomfortable and put yourself in that position, then usually you're going to, I mean, if you're really about it, you're going to do whatever it takes you're to gonna just do make it, it happen. Takes. And then it'll yeah. just, you know, and eventually it come, it, it'll it'll come together come. at some it'll point. It'll come together. Really, right on. You know, making making moves i guess right on everything but uh what so you're basically on that road right now doing it for a living hoping to keep it that way and everything yeah what do you think hoping the, to keep it that way I, you know i'm uh, uh at this point um i'm still looking forward to touring and and playing my music live and uh trying to figure out how to how to get into publishing mm-hmm. um because uh, eventually eventually i won't be able to tour yeah uh, you know eventually that eventually that'll become too hard to do and um and eventually you'll i'll get to an age where people don't want to see an old lady playing 60s rock <laughs> <laughs> you never stage. know, though. You never know, but um, I mean, it's still awesome to see right now, and it, maybe in the future, it's gonna be like, wow, like someone's still out there doing the, this, you know? It's that'll like, be the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So, but I, I, I'm so I'm always kind of looking towards what I can do next, what mm-hmm. what I can continue to do to make myself uh, to keep my passion going to to fulfill that dream to you know to you know maybe someday i'm not i'm not discounting that someday i still might get that grammy on a shelf yeah yeah i just gotta do something to get myself towards that you know yeah (laughs) i gotta i gotta motivate motivate myself that way so definitely gotta go out and like uh promote to get all this stuff in like like in movies or tv shows yeah all that exactly kind of thing too. get that royalty money as right well. so yeah as of now you just think like the future just touring for as long as you can and yeah cutting albums and merch and ex- absolutely any other absolutely. big plans well i've got a i've got a new album coming out uh hopefully in the next few months um it's uh it's more or less ready to go to mastering we've just got a couple more things to to do to put it together um and then we can send it off and get it duped and um but it's taken a long time uh december of 2017 i did a live show in minneapolis with um a few guys who are in a band together and they said uh, hey you know if you're ever up here and you want a band to back you up let me know and i said hey I'd like to do a live album you want to be my band <laughs> you know it's basically kind of how it went down so we rehearsed uh, uh, for a while and then we did the show in December of 2017 and we had a great time um, great audience and uh, and I'm sitting there thinking live album man you just you know tweak it and let's go alright it's <laughs> done we're done and we didn't have to pay a lot of studio costs and blah 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 well it hasn't worked out that way unfortunately and um right in the middle of it 
I was diagnosed with two kinds of cancer. And so I was going through chemo and stuff like that and not not really focused outward as much um, during that time. And so I really, I really kind of went lax on the project, on the album project. I continued to do shows. I couldn't do as many as I normally would, but I continued to do shows because um, I needed that. And I could tell that, I could tell I wasn't at my best. Um, but considering what I was going through and everything, I think I did all right. And, and people still enjoyed the shows and I, you know, I, I made it work. Um, but I had to, I had to keep doing the music. I couldn't just sit home and go, I've got cancer, Mm -hmm. uh, you know? Um, so the, the album project went on the back burner for a while. Um, I got done with chemo in November and, uh, I've been back talking to my producer over the winter and uh and now we're just this close mm. we're so close to being able to send that in and get it mastered and duped and ready to go and i'm really looking forward to it it was a lot of fun it was a uh there's like six new songs and then six of some of my older material that we kind of revamped you know Maybe we changed something about it or, you know, just the fact that I had a band backing me up now instead of mm-hmm. doing it on a solo, you know, album. So, so, uh, we had a lot of fun and, and, uh, yeah, I, is this I your first wait. solo album with a band behind you? Uh, so this would be my, yeah, yeah. Whoa, that's a good question. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, this would be my first solo album with a band behind me. Oh, Hell yeah. How about that? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, cool. I never even thought of it that way, but yeah, that's what it is. Um, and we had such a good time. We And we we like blew through the set, and we took a break, and then we, we played it again. And we told everybody before the break, we're like, all right, everybody, so um, the second set's going to be a lot like the first set. And so I won't blame you if you go home, but if you do decide to say, uh, I promise we'll, we will intersperse some shenanigans in between songs so that you'll get things that, you know, nobody else will hear. Exclusive performance. Exclusive. Yeah. Like there's a ringtone, um, there's a ringtone that happened, uh, off of just like, uh, vamped a little riff and then the band started coming in underneath me and we just kind of vamped on it for a while and uh somebody yells out ringtone you know i'm like oh hmm. <laughs> okay so there's a ringtone and then there there'll be a, a couple of times when the audience sang along with me that only the audience people will get you know mm-hmm. so there'll be some some fun ways of exclusivity to those people who are there and and uh, everybody else but and you know i can't sell i can't put this song on the album because i can't get the licensing right so mm-hmm. it'll just be over here as a free download there you go uh <laughs> free 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 entice free, free, free. Yeah. yeah um so i am looking forward to that and, and hopefully that'll be out uh 
hopefully before I go back to Minneapolis in April. I've got to show up a couple of shows up in Minneapolis in April. So it'd be nice to go back with the album under my under my oh, arm. Oh yeah, definitely. Have yeah. the big old would that be like the release show? Yeah, uh, nope, nope. It won't be the release show, but it would be so I've done that before where you hey, let's do a release show and then you know you know, you don't have the C D or you know <laughs> or the well, you have to wait till you have the C D the T shirts aren't there it. or something like that and uh yeah, but uh we'll see. We'll see. It's yeah. already March. I don't know. We'll yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up to say it's already March. It's already March. It's fucking bullshit outside. It still. is bullshit outside. What yeah. is I left Minnesota. I didn't... Just go back. I know, <laughs> Forget right? it. No. <laughs> uh, I don't think she'll go for that. <laughs> I don't think she'll go for that. I want to go to the desert. Yeah. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I met her in Ohio. And thankfully, she lives in Iowa. To all those people listening to the Mob podcast in Ohio, I apologize. <laughs> but... um. Luckily, she lived in Iowa, and uh, and uh, I, one thing I've noticed about Iowans, they don't like to leave Iowa. They really, yeah. And even when they do, they come back, <laughs> and they yeah. like end their life here. And I'm like, wow, you, what is it? I was okay. I was okay. I'm we got used it all it. here. <laughs> I'm getting used to it, you know. But uh, uh, I no, I don't mind this area at all. No, except for the fucking weather. Yeah. I, yeah i'm not built for winter let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> but i mean well it is kind of good for you though cold it, exposure it's not bad but it's a place. little too much a little mm. too much it's like I could just go to the desert yeah <laughs> are you from around here yeah this is it this is it Hometown. see see yeah iowans don't leave and i'm not you an iowan to. though i'm not an iowan oh though. you're <laughs> illinoisan i'm sorry well, well quad city it must be a qc thing QC. Just, it's a QC, uh, qc thing my dad is uh, originally born in Iowa, and he's uh, he finally left. He's like, I don't know why I didn't do this years ago. <laughs> well, he's like, he's retired now, so he's just hitting up Arizona and whatever. And yeah, yeah. Winter months, but then he'll come back. And... But then he'll come back. Yeah, that's crazy. But he's big into the blues and stuff, so he's so into the whole way, yeah. blues fest and everything. And you, you got a tour out in Arizona. Apparently, there's a good blues spot out there. Ah, the there's a room. Renaissance Festival out there, too. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, you can get both I things. You got it. a good blues scene, and both. then you got the right Irish on. music scene. Hell right yeah. Uh, what, uh, this episode probably won't be out for like a week or so, but you okay. got any shows coming up? Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing a, yeah, I'm doing a um, couple of Irish shows. Uh, 15th up in Galena at Miss Kitty's Grape Escape and the 16th at the Wide River Winery in the Village. Grape Escape? The Grape Escape. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a martini and wine bar. Ah, nice. Done up like a Betty Page pinup with leopard skin and yeah, it's it's a cool place and Miss Kitty is a hoot. Hell She's yeah. a hoot. What was the name of the album going to be called? Oh, the name of the album is called uh, Fresh Oil Loose Scrabble. Um, we saw a bunch of us were heading down to the Ozarks, uh, Lake of the Ozarks, and um, and we saw the sign, Fresh Oil Loose Scrabble. We're like, what the what? That's a really good name. <laughs> yeah. Well, like especially when it turns out I was doing some old stuff and some new stuff. So it's kind of like, oh, hey, yeah, there this you go. is perfect. Yeah, it totally fits. Yeah. 
because I'd taken a picture of the sign, and Susan's like, "That sounds like a, it looks like a good album title." And yeah, like, hmm. yeah, definitely is. I like that. Mm-hmm. You said maybe, hopefully, in April. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe, hopefully, in April. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my fans have been really patient. My friends have been really patient. Um, uh, for getting this album out, but. My wife's been really patient because all I do is talk about the album and then I don't do anything about it. So, mm-hmm. um, I tell you what, if it wasn't for fans, for, you know, the people that you love, my wife, my friends, and my fans, I, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do yeah, yeah. with this world, you know? You gotta have so, a good circle. I'd be, <laughs> you gotta have a circle, otherwise, you're playing, playing music to your cat in your bedroom. <laughs> That's a lonely life. We all know how that ends. <laughs> and we all know yeah. how that ends. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, thank you for being cool. here. Right on, Cody. I appreciate you uh, to approaching me and inviting me to do this. So. Yeah, no problem. Like I said, I saw her at the Redstone Room, and it was fucking great. I was like, wow, this is really... Are these... I don't, you probably, I don't know if you played any covers that night, but I was like... Uh, I, I don't did. think I did. Yeah, because yeah. I never played it. I was like, are these covers? These are like really fucking good. Oh, good. <laughs> but, right on. Yeah, I Very dug cool. it a lot. But um, Well, and I'm really excited to you know be on a podcast because that's all I do when I'm on the road is I listen to podcasts yeah. all the time. So uh, now I'm actually on one. So that's... You know, that's a nice little tick in, there the, you go. Tick in the box. So, oh, yeah. Right on. So tell people, how can they uh, get a hold of you to find out more? Music, oh, whatever, uh, all the social shits. That's right. So uh, if you'd like to learn more about Lojo Russo and her music, you can go to lojorusso.com. That's www.lojorusso.com. Yes. Um, I'm on Facebook at Lojo Russo Music. I'm on Twitter at Lojo Russo Music. I'm on Instagram, Lojo Russo Music. Lojo Russo, look it up, find it, do it. Yes, yes. Listen. Get out there. Hit it up, hit it up. Ah! Lojo Russo. I got it right this time. You did. (laughs) All righty. Thanks, Cody. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Until next time, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Goodbye.